are the kind of use case that we have, it only will really work well with mid upper mid market and large enterprise. Got so it. we're not a small business play at all. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Dr. Cindy Gordon. She's the CEO and founder of Sales Choice, an AI SaaS company for B2B sales and winner of the 2018 Digital Transformation Award for AI Disruption. A former venture capitalist, Accenture partner, Xerox GM, and Citibank VP. She's the 2017 Sarah Kirk Entrepreneur Year and Kata CEO Innovation winner and the 2017 Startup Canada Entrepreneurship Award at both regional, Ontario, and national levels. Dr. Cindy, are you ready to take us to the top? Uh, well, Nathan, with your leadership, I'm ready to go. All right. That was a, that's a heck of an intro. You've won a lot of things. Let's see if that's translating into business success here. What is sales choice doing? Is it a pure play SaaS business? Uh, it is a pure play SaaS business. Uh, we mainly focus on um, analyzing Salesforce data sets to predict sales forecast outcomes uh, with trusted AI practices. Interesting. So does that mean your main growth channel is the Salesforce app exchange where Salesforce yeah, you know, installations yeah. add you on top? Yeah, yeah, we're only integrated with the App Exchange at this point, although we have an open API. Mm-hmm. Walk me through that. You know, it can be nice to be attached to a whale, but it's also risky. If Salesforce acquires one of your competitors, they say, Cindy, you can't be in our store anymore, Asta La Vista, and you go, what the heck? Do you ever worry about that risk? Uh, I don't know if that happens too often. I think within the ecosystem, uh, I mean, I'd love to hear your perspective, but I haven't heard those stories. I think it definitely opens up um, a channel, you know, challenge where you have to then continue to be suboptimal in the Salesforce channel and obviously, you know, integrate into other channels. And, um, but I don't know if you'd be booted off. Uh, I think that would have an impact on, uh, on your business. Uh, I don't think they're, they're that unreasonable. Well, walk me through uh, the backstory here, right? So, so you launched the business. Um, obviously, folks are paying you for your tool to get more insight into their sales pipeline. What are they paying on average per month to use the technology? Uh, we're priced at $50 uh, Canadian. So we're not a premium provider. Um, you know, a lot of the times there are some customizations, just given that we're only going after mid to large enterprises. Uh, so there can be some PS drag, um, you know, AI, you know, will always have a few different config points, right? It's uh, not like a consumer app play, right? There's uh, a lot of uh, focus on ensuring that the model is stable. Um, it's, you know, reliable that you also aren't going to get data drift. Uh, there's increasing security, uh, you know, aspects as well are going into the uh, the audit side of these models. And so when you say 50 per month, I assume that's maybe per seat. But on average, when a new logo signs up, what are they paying on average per um, month all in, would you say? Uh, well, obviously, in terms of the target work we're getting, we're looking for an average uh, transaction of about 100K uh, on an annualized basis is kind of our sweet spot. Got it. Would you say that's a fair average today or that's what you're striving towards in the future? I think we're still learning in all sincerity, Nathan, um, you know, because, you know, we started off just doing the opportunity scoring and the forecasting, uh, but we've pushed beyond that. Like, so our software is you know, only three keystrokes, you know, and so that's quite remarkable. So our UI is very clever um, and we've moved into the behavioral analytic insights where we're doing psychographic profiling. 
uh, sentiment mining. So exposing the emotional intensity through NLP methods. So I wouldn't want us to uh, just say uh, forecasting. I think our vision is very much now around ending revenue uncertainty in all its dimensions. And and, uh, so it seems like every time we build something, we see another additive aspect to increase the model. Um, and, And it's, you know, it's it's endless, right? You know. So, okay. so, Dr. Cindy, just to be clear, you're moving upstream. Your your average is not yet a hundred thousand dollar ACVs. Maybe you're only doing maybe four or five grand a month per account, but you are moving upstream as you add on these additional features. Is that accurate? No, no. We, we basically are averaging a much higher uh, ratio than uh, than four k a month than our clients. Okay, so you're already at like a hundred thousand dollar ACV average across your current base. It's not just a goal for the future. Yeah. Oh, I see. I like to get a sense of where people are moving there. Are you trying to basically go deeper into your current base, move more enterprise, or open your top of funnel and actually serve more customers at lower ARPUs? Um, I don't think we're going... Like, First of all, are the kind of use case that we have, it only will really work well with mid, upper mid-market and large enterprise. Got so it. we're not a small business play at all. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And tell us the backstory here. When did you launch the business? I launched the business in terms of uh, this model about 2013 or the end of 2013. And then we did a patent filing that took us a year. It took us a while to assemble our engineering team. Uh, So we started to come into the market probably around late 2014, early 2015 would kind of be the the time horizon where we felt we had a good base. And, um, you know, it's giving, um, getting people to pause in sales has always has been an interesting dynamic. I think Gartner Group's done some great work on increasing the visibility of advanced analytics on large data sets. Uh, but, you know, you can certainly see that in every sales cycle, you are educating the clients um, very much so. Dr. Cindy, when you say patents, it sounds like you're really heavy engineering. What's the total team size today and how many engineers? Uh, I don't disclose all our engineers only because of all of the folks that are out there to poach them. <laughs> so I well, not there. I don't want their, I don't want their names. I'm just curious how many you have. Yeah. No, I don't disclose a lot of that detail. I mean, a lot of that can be seen on Owler and, and things like that or, or checking out, but I don't usually disclose uh, too much on the privacy of the company at this point. What does Owler say? Uh, I don't know. I'll let you check. You're going to make me do the work here live, so we should pause while I go look up the number on Owler and then read it back to you? If you want. Um, <laughs> okay. Good. Let me go do that then. Give me a second. No, it's just that we're privately held, Nathan, and uh, I think that's... Uh, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not asking for private information. This is... You just mentioned Owler. I mean, this is public. Owler's public, right? LinkedIn says you have 14... We're all, up, we're, all up, we're all up all in. We're probably about 20 here, if that's helpful. I just won't go through... Well, that's exciting. I mean, that's exciting, right? I like to... A lot of people say, you know, they're AI and machine learning, but they have one engineer and I'm going, ah, yeah, that's, no, that's baloney. Yeah, no, we're, we're, yeah, we're past that. There was a Very, point we were at that point, though, for sure. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Now, tell me more about how you got this going early on. It sounded like you were really in build mode for two years pre-revenue back in 2012, 2013. How did you fund this early on? Was it your own capital or how'd you do that? Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's my own capital, um, our families. I mean, I having been privileged to have had a number of good, successful careers, so you could take a little bit more risk, right? There's also being a former VC, obviously, if you can bootstrap that's in your best interest for your valuation and the dilution. And, and so I've kind of seen all of that and the good, bad, and the ugly. So that was very much a purposeful strategy was to see, could we build it? Could we actually start to secure revenue? Could we start to self-fund, uh, you know, make some sacrifices along the way? 
uh, make sure that the uh, the engineers are well looked after and, and we've been able to retain our talent, which has been great, right? So now we're at the stage where it's a matter of, okay, time to scale up, you know, further and also differentiate. Um, it's a fast moving market. Um, that's why we're probably streaming more into the advanced behavioral analytics uh, side of things because we've got our predictive layer built. We've got our prescriptive coaching insights layer and now we're adding on, you know, the advanced uh, sort of behavioral insights, which is which is interesting, but you, you can't get there unless you get the solid foundations um, and you know that the data will have the insights that you need to drive to that more guided selling, actionable. So you're not just, you know, surfacing crap. <laughs> it's so easy to surface crap with these AI agents and not, and salespeople have zero, they have zero patience. So if you're not delivering value from the get go, you know, you know, it, it won't, it won't last. So Dr. Cindy, you get this to market in 2014. I assume maybe you sent your first customer that year as well. You now have six, seven years of growth under your belt. How many customers are you now serving today? I won't disclose that, Nathan. Again, we're privately held. That's information that I don't disclose. I'm sorry. No problem. Are there any logos you put on your website where you feature case studies that you can talk about? Yeah, of course. Uh, Pure Later would be our largest account. We have. How do you say that? Sorry, Pure what? Pure Later would be. uh, It's a two billion dollar company. So that's one of our largest accounts where we're, you know, running all of their um, insights for you know all channels um, in the company and and uh, very referenceable. So yes, it's on our website um, with a great deal of pride. Yeah, no, this is great. I mean, so you have you have Purelator, Quartz, Aspen, Rogers, Mondo. I'm just looking at this now. Versature, Relation Edge. So you, I mean, you have at least ten customers here, at least ten enterprise customers you have listed. We have uh, a number of customers. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm again. I don't want to dig into your private stuff. I'm just literally trying to respect you and say this is what's on the website. You have at least ten listed here. Yep, we have, we have at least that many. Yep. Is there a sector you're focused on specifically? Like, is pure later and going deeper into that space a focus for you? Or are you really serving anyone that needs the sales intelligence tools? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think we've decided we're going to really double down hard on just two industries. I think we've maybe gone a little bit too broad. Uh, I think the two that are the most promising are probably the transportation logistics and probably the broad technology sector. They just have higher adoption uh, ratios in terms of, you know, they usually have a lot of data as well, and they're not, uh, they're not um, still working through um, understanding data science or advanced analytics. Like they're kind of ready to take the next step. Right. And that's, what's really important with, with uh, finding the right kind of customer. They need a lot of data and they have to have a fair bit of process discipline Mm -hmm. in the culture. So they've got more data quality that's been optimized. Now, this makes a lot of sense. Now, you mentioned the importance of being bootstrapped, and you saw it firsthand being a former VC. So are you bootstrapped today, or have you raised capital? We're just starting to peak out. Um, you know, there comes a point where in order to scale faster, you need, you know, even deeper, um, you know, resources. So we are uh, starting to do our pitches and, and get out and be visible. Um, you know, haven't, uh, I would, let's put it this way, there's never enough time in the day to balance being an operator and uh, raising, uh, you know, capital, but we are mm-hmm poking our head out, Nathan, and hopefully over the next six to 12 months, we'll have secured our, our first round. And, and take me into your head a little bit. Again, you saw both sides of this. So when you go out and think about how much is the right amount to raise, how do you think about what that amount is? What's right for you guys right now? I think probably a raise between two to three million is probably a good target. Um, you know, typically you can't get a, uh, 
for a man unless you're raising at least a million, right? So we've kind of got an overall goal. We don't we don't need a lot of capital. I just want to be able to scale up harder um, in terms of sales and marketing. And, you know, definitely the Series B round would, you know, probably be a, a much bigger injection. I think you have, you know, at this stage, you're wise to, to build it out more, uh, validate more, make sure you've got a, a well-oiled machine that can be repeatable in terms of your sales coverage. And that's one of the hardest things, right? Do you have that? Do you have at least one full-time AE that's like hitting a quota you're comfortable with scaling around that same model? Um, we have an A when we have an A, we actually have a couple, few people in sales now. I don't think that it's in that repeatable zone. Uh, I think that's the one that we're still figuring out hard, right? Um, sometimes there's so much um, sales DNA in the CEO and founder, right? And that's also translating. I, I can't be in all the sales calls, right? So yep. that's that's a, so what we have learned a few things. We've learned that because to sell AI and advanced analytics, you have to hire probably an engineering base. And also um, an MBA is, is not a bad idea because the mm -hmm. kind of people that we like to hit, we don't sell low, right? So these decisions usually have to be able to, you know, have a good discussion with a VP of sales or a CRO and um, a traditional BDR. They're not going to be able to do that. Yep. Right. Dr. So, Dr. Cindy, this is exciting. Yeah. Well, we look forward to watching you go out and get the raise done. I also love it. If you stay bootstrapped and you go to four or five, 10 million revenue and come back on and give us an update. But in the meantime, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Oh, you're making me think. Um, my, my, maybe good to great. I know that might date myself, but I do like no. them. That's a good one. Number two, is there a founder you're following or studying? Oh, I think everybody's, well, at least I'm watching Elon Musk. Not just, you know, and I obviously Steve Jobs. I mean, I think everybody followed. I still follow Bill Gates. I still follow the Google guys. I mean, you know, in terms of new, new folks that are um, emerging, well, I think the Uber story with CEO leadership or the challenges was an interesting one to follow. Yep. But Num number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? Favorite online tool for building the business? Well, I guess I use Salesforce every day. So I guess I better That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get? Uh, last night, I think I had four and a half. I, I had a proposal to work on. So I jumped out at 4.30 and think my husband was a little bit upset. But I, yeah, so it varies, but I usually try and get at least six, seven hours, but it does vary if there's some things crunching or your head's, uh, you know, exploding. And Dr. Cindy, what's your situation? It sounds like Mary, any kiddos running around? Yeah, we have two kiddos. Uh, they're, yeah, okay. they're, yeah, they're, they're still running around, but they're definitely, they don't need uh, much babysitting anymore. And can I ask you how old you are? No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I asked that question because it gives people other other inspiration. Other people with two kids or married can jump on and do it. But if you don't want to share, that's totally fine. Uh, last question. Even my mom doesn't say that, uh, and she's in her early eighties. And we always say we're sixteen, uh, you know, and holding. All right. Last question. Take us back to your twenty-year-old self. What's something you wish that she knew? My twenty-year-old self wished something that she she knew that I didn't. I don't know now. No, just uh, something you wish you knew when you were twenty. I wish I knew back when I was 20 how explosive technology was going to be because I think I would have spent more time. I did some earlier programming, but I, I think I would have stayed deeper in the tech stream um, before going into the business stream. I, but, you know, obviously I've kept learning. But, yeah, I think that would be one thing. I mean, it's just pervasive, right? So if you don't understand tech, you know, you're, you're probably a, a relic.
Guys, there you have it, saleschoice.com, helping you get deeper insights into your sales pipeline, your funnel, and closing how your salespeople are performing. She launched the business back in 2013, bootstrapped up to today, but looking at raising, call it two to three million in the next 12 months. We'll see what happens. She's serving at least 10 customers and she's averaging right now about $100,000 per contract. So very much an enterprise motion. You can assume from those numbers that they're north of a million dollar run rate at this point with their team of 20 as they continue to scale. Cindy, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan. Really appreciate the time and my apologies for being late.